Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now the OFC Champions League for 2023 kicks off this weekend in Vanuatu. To talk a bit about this and to talk about Oceania Football is the media and communications manager Matt Brown. Evening to you, Matt. Welcome. G'day, Watto. It's been a, it's been a while. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, no, lovely. Uh, again, one of the finest broadcasters I've worked with. Genuinely, uh, Matt. What is the role of Oceania Football? Well, um, it's a very um, it's a huge role, really. It's to uh, ultimately grow football in the Pacific region. Um, New Zealand, of course, is the biggest member nation of OFC. Uh, we have eleven uh, member nations um, as far afield as Tahi, plus two associate members, uh, Tuvalu and uh, Kiribati. But um, as far from um, you know, Tahiti, out of course, east, and then uh, Papua New Guinea. Um, out west are the Melanesian countries, Vanuatu, where I'm heading to tomorrow for the Champions League, uh, the Solomon Islands as well, um, and of course um, Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, um, I know I'm going to miss one, uh, the Cook Islands, um, yeah, anyway, there are 11, I may have missed one there, but uh, but yeah, and the role is, um, you know, to grow and develop football in the region, uh, both um, in terms of participation and high performance, um, and ultimately um, Oceania's goal um, from 2023 to 26, it's a, it's it's a pretty lofty one too, is to qualify two teams uh, from the region for the, both the 2026 Men's World Cup, 2027 Women's World Cup. Uh, and of course now OFC has two, uh, sorry, one and a half direct spots. Always used to be a half spot, but with the uh, expanded uh, tournament at World Cups now, I think 48 teams at the next one. Uh, one team, uh, yeah, and let's say probably New Zealand, although we did see in the Olympics 2016, Fiji upset um, the young all whites and and went to Rio, um, and of course a half spot for another team. So that's of course my big huge motivation for a Pacific side. You know who knows? I mean, wouldn't I mean? I just think um, one of the inspiring things would be a, t- a country like Vanuatu maybe drawing Chile mm. in an, onto intercontinental playoff. Yeah, Matt. What has been the biggest barrier for the smaller Pacific Island Oceania nations in terms of their progression and their development historically? Oh, resources has been massive. I mean, OFC, um, being the smallest of the FIFA confederations, um, receives um, a good level of funding from FIFA. But, you know, it's always, whenever you're an NGO, it's never quite enough to do what you want to do in terms of development, um, development and plans, etc. And so um, funding is, is a big thing. The money that just perhaps isn't there and in the past, you know, may have gone in, in, in wrong areas. Um, I look at facilities. Um, I was fortunate enough, I've only been in this role for, for three months, I was fortunate enough to go to Samoa uh, for the uh, qualifying tournament for this um, in Apia, and um, and it was really you know quite um, fascinating to see um, you know the resources that were put in there for the Pacific Games. But you know to be fair, the the football fields itself. Um, 
you know, the quality of the pictures are not probably up to where, you know, we would like to see them get to um, down the track. So um, I think, um, you know, to, and the other thing that goes with that is, is coaching, technical expertise, etc. you know, is there that intellectual property within the Pacific region? Um, there's a lot of work going in in, uh, in football, the, the football division, you know, to, to develop coaches, to develop referees, to develop everyone involved in the game. So, um, yeah, but huge challenges, of course, um, but, you know, um, right through the region. Yeah, and I'd imagine too, though, Matt, historically football has always been about the men's game. Now there is a real shift and it's about getting more and more girls and more and more women playing. Is there the resource to be able to develop two at the same level? Yes, there is. It will take time. I mean, OFC have two, you know, through their sort of social responsibility um, division, have two campaigns. I mean, Just Play's been around for more than a decade. That's targeted at six to 12-year-olds, both boys and girls, um, to get them involved, to playing. And then the This Is How We Football, um, through the Gender Equality Playbook, which was developed last year, um, the This Is How We Football campaign, which was launched very recently, it's going to be rolled out this year, is really targeting sort of 13 to 24, around about that, year old girls and women to play in the game. I mean, there's been a lot of barriers to, to girls and women, to, and women um, I mean, obviously, violence, um, um, uh, just general, general gender equality. I mean, everything's gone into the mm. men's game. Um, you know, domestic violence, um, the lack of access to sanitary products, for example, um, yep. throughout the Pacific. Um, so there's a lot, there's a big focus. And, of course, the Women's World Cup and OFC will be looking to, you know, clearly leverage on that being staged down in Australia and New Zealand um, in July, August. Um, and there's a lot of excitement around that, I think, in the region. Um, but, yeah, there's certainly, what might, from what I've seen, there's certainly um, a real desire um, and a lot of kids loving the game. Um, one of the other goals we should mention, actually, is to displace rugby um, in countries like Fiji and, and Samoa and Tonga. I mean, it's a huge goal, and, and we're nowhere near, football's nowhere near to, um, you know, to, to achieving that at this stage. But there's certainly, you know, some, some good programs and, and starts, and, and a lot of kids, um, you know, want to kick a ball around. Uh, Matt, you talked about the FIFA Women's Football World Cup about to be played here in July in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, what I'm just trying to get some sort of idea of hierarchy here. So you've got New Zealand, uh, you've got New Zealand football, you've got Australia, you've got Dave Beach overlooking the actual mm-hmm. organising and running of the tournament. So where does OFC fit into it and where does New Zealand football fit? Yes, OFC are very much, uh, um, dare I say, spectators, I suppose. I mean, if you look at FIFA, and this happens for all FIFA tournaments, wherever it's staged anywhere in the world, in any confederation, they pretty much come in and take over and run it um, along FIFA guidelines. And so they appointed, I think it would be, what, probably two years ago now, a local kind of organising committee um, overseen by, you know, by FIFA. Um, I think of the media people there, people like Kim Taylor, um, Jackie Van Tran, who are, who are there, who have been in place now. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think, uh, the lady that you dealt with too, um, back in her day uh, running cricket and sports like hockey and, yep. and media. But, you know, there are a number um, who have been appointed. And so FIFA pretty much come in and run the tournament. OFC, from our perspective, we, we will run some activities alongside it, but we're very much not part of the organisation, so to speak. Sure, there are VIPs, there's general secretaries and presidents, and, and OFC, what we will be doing, we'll, OFC holds an annual congress, which will be held the day before the opening ceremony of the, of the, World, of the World Cup. And, of course, this is a, a massive opportunity for, for OFC, given that all the 
big weeks from FIFA, Gianni Infantino and co. Sarai Behrman, of course, who hails from Samoa, um, the head of women's football. Um, she is um, going to be present and all. And so that is what OFC will be doing. But in terms of actually running the tournament, it's very much FIFA-centric, mm. run by FIFA. And to be honest, mate, my understanding is there's a cast, you know, there'll be a cast of hundreds. Some of them, you know, the old, the old saying, um, you know, there'll be some here for a great time, right? Yeah. yeah, no, look, Matt, I've been to Olympic Games. I'm very aware of how the model does work, and I'm not sure that's dissimilar it's similar versus the IOC. Uh, Matt, so this weekend, and I know you're heading off tomorrow to Vanuatu, we've got mm. the IOC Champions League. Uh, what is this tournament? How is it played? How is it structured? Does it involve clubs or does it involve countries? Yeah, so this is the club tournament. It's kind of a premier club tournament in the region. So you think of every region they have them. I mean, the highest profile one is obviously Europe, the Champions League. And, and this is between champion clubs. And what's happened, though, um, is that there was a national playoffs back in February, March. So Auckland to, to, to determine the team that would represent each country. Um, and so from if we look at New Zealand, Auckland City, of course, 10 times champions per perennial. They dominate this competition. Um, they played Wellington uh, team, uh, Wellington Olympic, who, who qualified um, who were the runners-up and were very close with Auckland City last year. So they played over two legs, and it was it was just fascinating. I mean, I think the first leg was one all in Wellington. The second leg, Wellington Olympic led 3-1 at Kiwitea Street, I think midway through the second half. And Emiliano Tade, the sort of veteran um, star for, for Auckland City, I think he scored a hat-trick, and they won 5-3 and, and progressed... Um, you know, sort of six four on aggregate, um, and um, you know the neutrals. I think probably wanted <laughs> Auckland City won't like me for this if they're listening because they're on the same flight as me tomorrow. Um, but I think the neutrals were quite keen to see another New Zealand team um, in there. But uh, but Auckland City and they were going as favourites, so they play. Uh, you know, there are two pools of four, uh, two from each pool qualify for the semi-finals. You know, one from and and the two cities, Luganville and Port Villa, are hosting this tournament. Um, and Auckland City will be based up in in Luganville. They play a team from the Solomon Islands. Solomon Warriors, Suva FC representing uh, Fiji, and also Lupe Olusoanga of Samoa, who won the, the qualifying tournament um, featuring teams from Tonga, Americans, American Samoa, there you go, I missed out them earlier on, uh, and the Cook Islands. Um, and then the hosts, um, you know, Efira Blackbird from, from Vanuatu, and boy, just to give you a bit of context, football in Mel- Melanesia in particular, if you think of you know, Solomon Islands, um, Vanuatu and to an extent Papua New Guinea uh, of course they, rugby, they compete a lot with rugby league over there for, for, for numbers too but they're, they're ferocious fans they are like your European fans so I'm told that there will be seven or 8,000 packing these sti- tiny stadiums and the atmosphere will be raucous they'll be singing, you know, dancing right through the game so I'm really looking forward to that um, having been to you know, the qualifying tournament in, in summer where there were probably four or 500 people and it was very much you know, what are we kind of watching here the first time they'd stage the tournament? So um, that's a good thing about Melanesia and those, those countries. They just live and breathe football. And how long does the tournament run for? Yes, two weeks. So um, three group stage matches. So the first matches are on uh, Sunday in perfect times too, live streamed um, here in New Zealand on OFC's platforms on the OFC website so you can... You, know, you can see the matches. In fact, um, I'm sure you you will know um, the names of some of the commentators, but one of them um, in particular, Seamus Martin. Um, you know, if I give a plug out to Seamus, he's been around a long time. He's worked at OFC, um, and of course, he's part of that Two Bears podcast um, with Steve Holloway, which is which is very successful. Seamus um, is one of the commentators coming from from here, uh, and it's uh, yeah, three group, three match days and semi-finals. I think on the 24th. 
we didn't say the 24th and the final's on the 27th. Uh, of May, so um, you know a lot to look forward to yeah. over over the next couple of weeks. The winner goes to the Club World Cup. I might add that too, uh, which of course Auckland City's been going to over the years. It's the last of the annual Club World Cups, um, and it's being held in a country which we probably don't want to talk too much about. I'm in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia in December, um, but. Um, that's where the winner will go um, in December oh. for the last of the kind of annual Club World Cups, Mark. It's interesting. Lydia Co wins a golf tournament in Saudi Arabia and no yeah. one says no one says anything about it. Uh, Matt, so everything's based at what the Arca Palago Stadium in Vanuatu? No, it's uh, so so. There's a, there's a couple of there's a few stadiums here um, in Luganville. It's called Soccer City Stadium. Now, yeah. to put a bit of context, I mean, and you know, I haven't been there. I'm going for the first time. Luganville is on the island of Santo, up in the north. And it is, um, you know, the population of the town is like 18,000. Um, there's a main street and, um, and it's famous for its tourism. It's diving, um, these deep water blue holes, it's beaches. So, I mean, maybe I'll get a, a wee moment um, to, to go and experience that. But, yeah, that's Luganville where the where Group A has been based. Uh, and then Group B and the semi-finals and finals are in the capital, Port Villa, um, which is a major stop on, you know, on the sort of a cruise boat um, network's beautiful um, sort of port city um, with, with islands in, in the harbour. I have, um, I, I have been, I have been, yeah, I have been, Matt. I've been to the little blue hole you talk oh, about wow. too. Thoroughly recommend it. Did the cruise, and so I do <laughs> recommend it. Do the big swing off Thank the big you, tree, Matt. I'll definitely, I'll definitely do that, mate. Try and get photos. And send hey, you hey so, so just Matt, just one more time. Those people that might want to watch the live stream or find out a little bit more information, what's the best way of doing that? Hey, go to the OceaniaFootball.com website um, and you can look at um, the tournament there. There are links there to the live stream. Every match is, uh, is linked uh, on the news section. You can click on that on the TV section. There's, a, there's a links to match to all the matches you can watch. And the great thing about the kickoff times, uh, daytime tournaments. So midday, which is 1 p.m. in New Zealand and 4 p.m. So all the matches are 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. So if you are, have got time in the afternoons, the final, I believe, is on the 27th at 3 p.m. New Zealand time, so on a Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, let's hope uh, we'll see some good um, football um, by the young the young men in, uh, throughout our region. Well, Matt, hopefully you've got your mobile on. Maybe we can get some updates over the next couple of weeks. But, look, lovely to have you on the programme, providing some um, context here and maybe just upskilling a few people, including myself, in terms of what Oceania football do in this particular tournament. Travel safely. It's been a privilege and a pleasure, my good man. Cheers, Wado. Thanks, mate. Matt Brown there.